I say, an audio cast for sensible people. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Duffercast, episode two. Posting links is like making show notes to your life. I think we're expecting 30, a higher 35 degrees on Friday, and I'm thinking, I bet that's going to hit me when I'm driving home as well, so Ouch. it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's exactly. getting into the realm where when a breeze blows, you feel slightly warmer. Exactly, yes, yeah. Well, I was at um, Thermal Baths today, Heavies, which is at the southern end of the Balaton Lake, and uh, came out of the water, and the water's like, you know, 34 degrees, and I came out of the water, and I thought it was cold, and it was 26, 28 degrees outside. <laughs> the water was 26. No, the other way around. What? Well, the water was 30? Yeah, the water was 34, 36, and the air was like 26, 28. Wow. With a decup. Was it like a hot springs or? Yeah, so a mineral the thermal bath. Ah, okay. What was that about a decup? Somebody was dreaming, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there are some fa- really famous mineral baths in Hungary, aren't there? Or is that where you are? Yes, yeah. Well, there's a lot. You know, there's a few in Budapest, um, or quite a few in Buda- Budapest, and. Uh, Hebes is probably the most famous one outside Budapest, and that, that's where we were today, at the southern end of the lake. I have to confess that I've not heard of it, um, but that's not to say it isn't famous, just that I'm ignorant. Anyhow, it was a good day. Did you get any younger? Can't you see? Look, man. Yeah, I see your lips moving in the mumble. Well, it was funny. There was loads of foreign people, Russians, there were lots of signs in Russian. So it was, I was a bit surprised. Usually you don't get that in, in, in Hungary, but there were loads of Russian signs and, and announcements in Russian um, and German, of course. But um, it was uh, very cosmopolitan. Did you get any younger Russian women? Well, my wife, my mother in law, and my daughter were there. So. Yes, play wise. So, what are today's topic? I actually I thought of adding another topic, and that was uh, please stop Michael from saying actually. <laughs> Do you say actually a lot? <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that when I listened to the previous. Actually, actually we find it quite endearing. Oh, uh, I didn't even notice. Actually, I hadn't noticed either. And when I think, isn't that like an old Gilbert O'Sullivan song or something? Actually, imagine any organization or even Google or Apple or the richest company on the planet uh, actually be able to store that amount for any length of time yeah have just just the phys- the, um, the yeah the the oh, it, the, the physical limitations of you know where you put it all is, is gonna you, you're gonna run you run gonna run up against physical limitations very quickly yeah what about the targeted individual 
Well, that's different. I mean, that's, yeah. You're talking about me? Yes, <laughs> we are, yes. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it generally is twenty four hours, but for you, Mikael, they they do keep everything. No, but they delete the actuallys. <laughs> <laughs> actually, sure about actually. Actually, I thought they just kept the actuallys and deleted everything else. <laughs> That's a very useful. Maybe there's a secret pitch that uh, Mikael uses in his pronunciation of actually that conveys meanings we can't perceive. Maybe they make a secret um, Christmas tape with all the funny kind of outtakes from all the the, the stuff that they uh, monitor through the year. Uh, well, <laughs> then we should have a non-commercial license because then I can get paid for my, all my actuallys. I mean, if they do their own mixtapes. You should do, yeah. 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 Well, you could certainly sue them for copyright, couldn't you? Yeah, I almost invented the word. There you go. <laughs> Aha, uh-huh, I see being recorded. For the first time, I've actually <laughs> noticed. Maybe I can start uh, like a podcast with uh, relationship advice and call it a love, actually. Oh dear. I have a feeling that's been done before. I, so I blame the beer I'm drinking. No, it's only half a bottle so far. It's Do we a... have to pay you a license every time we use that word? No. No, you're not, you're not getting you can... the hang of this. You're supposed to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you are my friends. Oh, that was a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm just keeping the tear from my eye. It's so moving. <laughs> so, should, we, should we introduce ourselves? Because we forgot to do that last time. Yeah, I didn't know who any of you were last week. Uh, I didn't know who I was. We'll let Mikhail go first. Well, my name is Michael, and uh, my nickname is Inskius, and that's all I have to say. Hi, this is um, Chocolum, Gavin, um, which many of you may have seen me on uh, StatusNet, Identica, and that's my Northern Ireland accent for you. And this is Paul, um, also known as Expert Paul. Mainly active on StatusNet, but you'll see me elsewhere as well, I'm sure. And I'm uh, Andrew, uh, most often known as McNalu on various social networking places, including the new Identica. But you probably find me most active on StatusNet, on uh, micro.fragdev.net. And I also, uh, courtesy of R7 or Paul Taylor, have a presence on uh, Friendica Instance, which is uh, friend.lsmuscles.net. And bringing up the rear, no, wait, what? Um, my name's Dave, and I'm otherwise known as The Love Bug, and I'm actually spending my last um, day recording in this particular studio, Ooh. because we're moving the studio to the other end of the, of the, of the house. Um, so this is the last recording that I will make from this particular studio. I'm also start naked. Is this studio moved so that the love bug is no longer bringing up the rear? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If that's what you want to think. Yeah, it disturbs me to think otherwise. I'm glad nobody commented on the uh, (laughs) nakedness. Uh, The subject came last time too that somebody took a shower with his clothes on. A bath. Uh, he was with his, with his clothes on, yes. Oh, Ooh, can that I, was c- me. 
Can I just say that my scalp is incredibly shiny right now? Thank you very much for uh, commenting on that in the last episode. Oh, I, I wasn't. How were we able to tell? Were you rubbing it during the episode? Was that the squeaking noise I heard? <laughs> uh, no, that was that was something else. Oh no, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if anyone noticed, but because uh, uh, our episode one only just went out yesterday, <coughs> but there was quite a bit of discussion on it. Uh, in both Identica and Status.net today. Yes. Uh, was it... Uh, Identica was on this morning, but is it up now? It, well, it was It was done a lot today. Uh, and also, amusingly, I, I think people were long... Because of some cookie caching cock-up by Evan, um, uh, people were getting logged in as people other than themselves in the, <laughs> on the web interface. But despite that, uh, Andy C did manage to... Uh, uh, do a few comments on it that I saw. And uh, John Culp, so, um, he, John Culp didn't realise that this show existed until it was posted yesterday. Did he not realise it existed even after he'd listened to it? I think he knew by then. Because that would be impressive if we'd managed to pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> and NY Bill, too, I think, discovered it, to th- or today, maybe? Yes, and I, I listened, because uh, you mentioned it, uh, Mikhail, this morning, that you'd listen to their HPR episode where uh, they met up. So I listened to that as well. So we were kind of, I was talking to, I like to call him Nibble. Is that wrong? I know he, uh, <laughs> I know he called him NY Bill and John did, but I like to call him Nibble. <laughs> this seems to be what I, I like to call him. But anyway, uh, so, so I commented on his show that I was listening to while he was listening to episode one of our show, which I thought was quite nice. Okay. And NY Bill, uh, the rest of us haven't authorized Andrew to say nibble. So, so if you're going to bring bring out the so gun, if, if the angry monkey is coming over, it's busy Andrew, not the rest of us. Does that mean his wife is missable? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. You're 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 in good form tonight, uh, or dangerous form, <laughs> Mister Lovebug. I have I have a, a an, an episode's worth of catching up to do. You see, of course, yes. Also, young babies frustrate the, in the bedroom, don't they? I really don't trust myself to answer that. The Nibbles, not a children's program. I'll take your word for that. Anyway, I, I quite enjoyed uh, listening to them uh, chat away, and uh, in particular, I liked uh, John Culp's uh, demonstration it's, of Blather. It's awesome, nifty. isn't it? I'm, I'm trying to find a way of actually practically using it um, here. It's, it's just such a really cool piece of kit. Yeah, but you know, with with your kind of language. <laughs> Dave, I mean, what would what would your laptop get up to with all this sort of filth pouring into it? Well, that's the beauty of it. It'll do anything I tell it to do. But then you perhaps would need water cooling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Kalp has uh, made a lot of HPR episodes lately, so I I almost feel ashamed I never done. Any, not that I have anything to say, but I feel very uh, aware of the fact that I promised Ken an episode at the New Year's party, which was what nearly uh, seven months ago, and I haven't yet. Mm, yes, I have not promised anyone, but uh, I feel an HPR episode coming. Has anybody here right now on an HPR episode? No. Well, I said no before, and then somebody said well, I had done uh, one. You, you did one without yeah. noticing. Apparently, it was not in this podcast, or I can't think where else it would have been. I was told off saying you have done an HPR episode, and I was thinking I haven't. You have already a syndicated. Done one. Ah, a syndicated one. 
He's already done one in the future or something. Oh yes, and that brings me to the revelation, uh, Mikhail, that you're in fact uh, John Culp's son from the future. (laughs) (laughs) That uh, whole conversation there today was uh, in the spirit of this podcast. It was. I feel like your Occam's lawnmower (laughs) comment. Yeah, it can solve any Gordian knot in the universe. Is, can you say that in English? Gordian knot? Or? Yes, yeah. You can, but I, but I don't understand it. Phew, I'm, I'm third not to understand it. I thought I was being an idiot. <laughs> I thought you were agreeing with him. Uh, it's from some old, maybe... It's a mythology thing, isn't it? Greek story or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's to do with um, an intractable problem. It's like disentangling the Gordian knot. I can't, I can't remember the details now, but... Um... Alexander the Great, apparently. Oh, there you go. Socken uh, uses a metaphor po- for an intractable problem uh, solved easily by cheating or thinking outside the box. By using a lawnmower. Preferably one that hasn't been broken by <laughs> throwing over a fence. Paul, I have to say, this is the second time that you've uh, been very quick to identify a classical reference. Yeah, that the, I tried and, and mispronounced that snake with its uh, tail in its mouth, and I've forgotten the name. Aroboros. Aroboros. That was it. Yeah, you were you were you were at it uh, like a like a <laughs> snake with its tail in its mouth. There you go. If, if you want useless information, I'm your man. Uh, I just want to add to the like non-geek listeners, <laughs> if there are any, that HPR is Hacker Public Radio, which is a very interesting. Kind of public service, but uh, not tax funded or anything. Uh, internet radio or daily, five days, five days a week. A w- five days with, a week. Uh, uh, a com- was it a community podcast of things of interest to and hackers? You can find it at hackerpublicradio.org. He's very good at that. Oh. So, so, what does syndicated on HPR mean then? Uh, Linux in the Shell is a syndicated show. They take somebody else's show and shove it into the feed. So the Tux Jam get shoved into the feed? I think it did. Maybe not. Yeah, I've not heard it there recently, but I've, yeah. Yeah, not since I joined. So now I realized a very cheap way for us all to be (laughs) on public radio. Well, especially after we've plugged it so much, I think that's the least they could do. Uh, There was, I, I was thinking of for quite some time what can i do and i've well i I thought of the classic how i came into linux or something there are many who have done that episode and uh, i haven't come that far yet but there was a new contributor the other day i listened to that talked about it so it's nice to hear people come from all different kind of ways it's not only programmers and we could do spoof versions, you know, like how you could make it the most bizarre, absurd, you know, whatever you, you yeah, can think of. I found of. a DVD lying on the pavement, and I picked it up. And when I ran towards my computer later that evening, desperate to find out what the NSA were spying on me about, I tripped up, the DVD went in the drive, and oof, I installed Linux with the full Tor network before <laughs> I knew it. Slackware is just like It is. It installs itself if you don't stop it. Or... Uh... In my almond tree, suddenly a USB stick grew, and it, I discovered it was Linux on it. 
No, no, no. Marzian Linux. Yeah. Oh, that would be... Ooh. Cyanide Linux. <laughs> or some fruit Linux. Yeah, cyanide Linux. You get It's live distro. It runs once and then deletes <laughs> itself and then blows your machine up and kills you. <laughs> On a fruity theme, you could have Apple Linux. Oh, uh, no, actually. There, there is a pair Linux, isn't there? There is, yes. You're quite right. Yes. I, now I remember. I read a while ago... But I don't remember the details. Somebody had made some really wacko distro that if you did just a slightly wrong or something, it deleted itself. Oh, Anybody recognize that? I did hear that? something about that. Yeah, it's... Um, I can't remember what it was. I do remember... I remember hearing something like that. Yeah, it was for... Um, and there was, there, was, there was actually a serious purpose to it as well, but I can't remember what it was now. It was like if you made a mistake in the command line yeah. or something, you got erased yeah. the hard disk.
to change the subject a little bit, um, I don't know if anyone's been listening to the proms, the series of concerts that go on in London at this time of year, um, but did anyone happen to catch the rather bizarre interview with John Le Carre the other mm-hmm. night? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, John Le Carre, uh, he writes novels, spy novels, like uh, this sort of uh, smiley uh, spy who came in from the cold, I think was him. Um, anyway, I, I, I was just listening to the music in the radio, and then this... Uh, well, this announcer said, now I'm going to interview John Le Carre live in Albert Hall, wherever he was. And it was a very strange interview because um, the, the interviewer was very BBC Radio 3 establishment and I think was expecting John Le Carre to go on about spies and Edward Snowden and the NSA in a sort of light-hearted fashion. But he actually, I thought, came, made some quite good points and went on to, uh, in a very non-establishment way, say, say something along the lines of, you know, when I was growing up, you know, the the cabinet of the government in the UK was stuffed with Etonians and I was looking forward to the day when this would change and then what do I have? An Etonian uh, uh, Mayor of London and Etonian Prime Minister and uh, Etonian stuffed cabinet well into the 21st century and uh, well, it, it make, I think it uh, caused a bit of a surprise in the context Oh, please put that in the show notes um, I will. I'll dig out a link for the show notes, uh, which I shall volunteer to do this time. Uh, and that was uh, it was a BBC Radio Three. Spoiler: recording will still be there if you can access BBC stuff. Yeah, when I've tried to access BBC stuff, I actually it worked. Uh, maybe they don't block as much as other do. What do you mean in different countries? Yeah, many many things, sites you can only see for a certain country, and I don't use any VPN or anything, so it it mm-hmm. you, can, you can see I come from. I don't think the B Bork Bork. <laughs> no, the B the BBC. I, I think the BBC is quite liberal about what go. You know who who can look at it, unless there's some reason for them to have. You know, you know unless there's some licensing deal that prevents them from transmitting it abroad. But in general, yeah. they're quite good um, for that. Because I know we, you had the conversation last week about... Um, uh, I think it wasn't uh, during the show, was it? it was in the email afterwards about the uh, a lot of the uh, rebroadcast of shows only stay on podcasts for up to seven days. Um, and mo- that's that's yeah. mostly for licensing reasons. But it, they do it with the um, the talk podcasts as well, which is something I don't understand. Well, I remember seeing on one of the sites, um, on, on one of the pages, they, they were saying that if it's topical, then they they just delete it because once the subject is no longer current, then there's not it's no longer relevant. So, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But there you go. <laughs> I wish the NSA would do that too. And it's topical; they should erase it. Da da. I know, but they they have like video dramas, and 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 for me, they just annoy me by you know deleting something that I want to listen to. Well, yeah, I mean, if 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 the, if, if, if if they own it all, then there's no reason to to delete it at all, is there? And uh, and it, it, of course, it would depend on it would depend on who 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 actually made the the drama. Because if they've gone to some third party production company, then maybe there's some licensing issue there. Well, I don't know about mod- modern stuff, but I know you know the. Uh, old BBC shows like Doctor Who, which, which is a particular favourite of mine, for for years I used to wonder why don't they repeat these Doctor Who episodes? You know, all through the seventies and eighties, they had this huge backlog of Doctor Who episodes they could have repeated. Uh, quite aside from the fact that they deleted a load of them, but uh, the, the ones they didn't delete, they didn't repeat. Uh, and the reason was that all the contracts from that area of the BBC um, 
covered one broadcast and two repeats because everyone thought, well, well, one broadcast and two repeats. Nobody likes repeats. Let's, and that's so all the the production uh, uh, people, the actors and the scriptwriters were all uh, paid on that. Were given a contract on that basis. So that meant that well, they didn't want to use up their repeats. Um, so they must have solved that at some point to reissue them in a DVD. But I wonder if the ads they'd still have some kind of problem like that these days. It wouldn't surprise me. I, th- I think that's why Blake 7 has never been repeated as well. Do you have some kind of license fee or something in the UK yeah. for the public service? Yes, I mean, it's, it's startlingly low uh, compared to uh, Sky, but you're compelled to pay it if you've got any TV uh, receiving equipment, although that might have changed in recent years, may have relaxed it a bit. But yeah, it's £120 a year, I think, I pay for my TV license. Which is, you know, you could pay that in two months with a Sky Premium package. Uh, it's uh, we have it too in Sweden, and it's uh, it's higher. Uh, well, there are more people in the UK to pay, but the BBC is a lot bigger than our public service. But uh, now they decided that even if you don't have a TV, but you have a computer, you should pay the fee, even if you never watch TV programs on. Because now they're putting out every, almost everything they do on the web, so now they say they must have uh, uh, computer owners must pay, which has been a lot of. Well, the, the license about. fee here in the UK applies to any um, household where they have equipment that is capable of receiving a live broadcast. So if you have um, uh, a, a set-top box or um, or something that can record a live broadcast um, or a computer that could potentially listen to a live broadcast um, from the BBC, for example, which the BBC website can, then you're liable for, um, for a, a TV license. However, uh, if you are only using the BBC catch-up service, um, like podcasts or listen again, the license fee doesn't actually apply now, the interesting thing there, when you buy a television in this country, you get uh, your, your details used to get captured and sent to the TV licensing agency. I don't know whether that's still true or not. But when you buy a computer, as far as I know, they don't. Theoretically, you could still watch live television on, um, on, a, on a web browser through the BBC iPlayer or, for, or, or anything like that um, without having to declare and own a um, and 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 buy a TV license for that privilege, even though it might be slightly time lapsed, it's still being um, displayed on your screen as it is being broadcast from the provider. You know, I, I had the discussion with Edward uh, Marsden on the old Identica, and I'm pretty sure he forwarded me a link uh, where it, the most up to date information said that it was now okay to have a, a, a TV receiving equipment in your house as long as you weren't using it, which was different from what you just described. Definitely true in the past. I mean, if I went to buy a television, they would take my address details uh, and, as you say, pass it on. But I've got a feeling that doesn't happen uh, anymore. But I, I, can't say if, I can't say hand on heart because you know, my memory isn't that great. But I'm pretty sure there's a conversation in the old Identica, which probably I can't find now because <laughs> it's disappeared off to archive.org. But... Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll that is an interesting check one, actually. I mean, if if you bought, I mean, because behind me right now, I've got a, a twenty-eight inch 
monitor. It's not; a, It doesn't contain a tuner, no freeview receiver or anything. It's just a monitor. But I could quite easily buy off, off Tinterwebs a small HDMI dongle that would fit into this um, this monitor, which would effectively turn it into a freeview receiver. Now, if Mr. TV licensing agency with the aerials on his roof decided to come and knock on my door, all I need to do is unplug that freeview device and hide it. And no one would be any the wiser. Not that I do that, by the way, NSA. That's a hacker public radio episode. In Sweden, we have, yeah, before, if you had it, well, a long time ago, if you had a radio and a TV license, like separate ones. Uh, but uh, then they, a few years ago, they changed the law. So it says if you have equipment that uh, are like, uh, I don't know how to express it. It's the purpose of the equipment is to watch TV. And by TV, they define even like if the TV programs sent on like the public service uh, company in Sweden is called the Swedish television in translation. And if they send programs like on the net, it's kind of defined as TV. So if you have equipment that uh, with the purpose of watching it, says the law, then you shall pay this uh, fee, the TV license. But I mean, I've owned computers for 25 years and I've never bought or built or anything, any computer for the purpose of watching television shows. I mean, well, there are old shows on the YouTube, but that's not what the law says. But uh, and I've never heard anyone else say they have a personal with a purpose of watching public service TV shows on the Internet. So it doesn't apply. But this, now when they have put all their shows on the internet, suddenly they start charging, demanding people to pay, even if they don't have a TV. And even if they never watch uh, any of the public service programs on the internet either. So they suddenly they claim that a personal computer that is in any way connected to the internet and capable of showing their programs uh, is... Uh, has been bought or acquired for the purpose of watching their programs, which is really insidious. It's a lie, actually. I mean, I've never heard anyone, if you if you buy a media or build a media center, the kind of computer, you can say that's for the purpose of watching TV. But a personal computer... How do you prove or disprove that, that, that purchase? purpose? And they still... Uh, no, they... They just started sending out bills to people. I mean, uh, yeah, and and a lot of people protested and uh, refused to pay, or they uh, went to court or complained, and then it came up to court, and the court decided that no, they could do this, and a lot of people are just so angry with this. I mean, if you're a student and you have, say, a laptop, a lot of students these days have a laptop, for example, and they don't have a TV and they don't watch TV. A lot of a lot of young people today don't watch TV at all, or very, very little. And they have to pay this fee, which is apparently higher than the English fee. And I mean, it, it's a cost. And it's so arrogant. 
Uh, actually, I, I've thought of doing an HBR episode on this <laughs> because, I mean, in Europe we have public service TV, but in many countries they don't. So it is kind of an interesting subject in itself. It's, I, mean, it's, I mean, it certainly is a, a, a topic of hot debate here in the UK uh, because, in its essence, the, t the TV license fee is, is a tax. You know, it's not like you get a choice whether you pay it or not. Um, and uh, uh, and so there's some people who say, well, I want to have a TV, but I don't want to watch the BBC. I'd rather just watch Sky or or ITV or I hardly ever watch the BBC. Why should I? Why should the license fee go to them? Now I know the license fee actually does yeah. Channel some Four and Channel Five get other a, companies yeah, somehow. I don't quite understand the details, but uh, they do indeed. So, so, uh, so I don't, but they, they, but they, I imagine they get a much smaller amount than the BBC do. Um, anyway, so the, the the an argument I had with with somebody says I literally says I, I only watch stuff. I don't ever watch BBC. So why do I have to pay for the BBC and uh, Sky? And at the time, my thoughts was well, because then if we didn't have the license fee, then there would be no BBC, uh, and we'd only have Sky. <laughs> You know, you know we don't, we, 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 the BBC is really quite distinct from everything else we've got. Except, I don't care about that. The fact that you care is, is is nice, but you should pay the license fee or double the license fee, and I should not pay it at all. And I found myself unable really to come to the argument that the BBC license fee is an anachronism, is like a tax. But at the same time, if you told me tomorrow that the BBC would disappear unless I doubled the license fee or asked me to voluntarily pay extra, I probably would because I really don't want to lose the BBC. Um, or, you know, despite its faults and its many problems, blah, 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 we should go on forever uh, discussing that. It does produce some of the best programs, in my opinion, uh, that are out there. Well, for me, living abroad, you know, I, I would gladly pay whatever, you know, a similar amount. So um, thank you very much. I would be the, the opposite way around from the. But the uh, now, when there is an, I well, this, I suppose BBC do that too. They they send programs or what we shows on the internet, and uh, a lot of these programs or shows are like we have to pay them, but the shows are like imported or you know, from BBC or a lot of other companies. And in the old days when, when there was no internet and there was only TV, then it was a point that they actually bought shows or programs from Swedish or foreign entities. But now it's kind of absurd because somebody in the US or England or whatever produced programs. And then the Swedish public service TV buys them to show them on the internet is something really absurd there and why should we be forced to pay for them to buy programs that you could like buy from the original source instead i mean i would I, uh, bbc produces a lot of good stuff there they've showed in sweden over the years but i would rather like pay for it and choose myself what i want to see <laughs> The other thing, Michael, that you said earlier that I think quite interesting is you're saying that the younger younger folk just don't watch TV uh, anymore, and uh, it's true. I mean, my son, who's eight, he will sit in front of YouTube and watch his programs there. Although, strangely enough, today he did rediscover just watching what was on the television. 
he was con- just he was a bit bored. It was a rainy afternoon, so he just sat there and he watched. I think it was actually CBBC, uh, not CBBC, the CBBC, the BBC's children's channel, and I quite enjoyed just sitting there and watching this diet of programs being delivered to him. They're all pretty good. There was one about. Uh, animals, and there was one about I think it was Sarah Jane Adventures, Doctor Who. It was good stuff, um, but it was interesting. So he, he, it's a rarity for him. Given the chance, we'll do it. Um, but it's interesting that how different his experience is with media Here's one to mine you. when I was his age thirty years ago. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. You. Apparently, years ago, according to, to statistics, and I might get this number wrong, but the essence is still there. <laughs> there are sixty thousand black and white. TV licenses are valid in the UK currently. So there is a separate black and white I think it's only 29 quid or something stupid. Um, Yeah, but do people really use black and white televisions in this day and age? They're not flat screens. They're not high definition. They're going to be small, pokey, um, cathode ray tube televisions. No, and and, and what would you tune it into exactly? (laughs) Well, maybe maybe some people like to watch static, you know, because it's black and white. Well, I mean, it, it, white do, do you think these people are literally trying it on? But surely, if if the the need was no longer there, val- validly was no longer there for a black and white television license, you'd think that the TV licensing agency would stop issuing them. Oh, it's very odd. One conclusion you could draw is that the TV licensing agency has had its teeth removed, or else it's just. Uh very rigid moral programs it's they see things either in black or white so that's what this license they cannot they can only watch those type of programs <laughs> i'm sorry for my rant but it was uh, ah it's an annoying thing my, my son is going to the university soon and he's a student and he doesn't watch tv and uh, well i fear he has to pay that blasted fee (laughs) it's also that when the tv uh, company is on the web it's it's almost like kind of a half government half private youtube thing and uh, why should we pay for that i mean be forced to pay for that it's strange just realized and i've just had an email Gavin's disappeared yeah i saw that too oh i thought he was being a bit quiet bless him hopefully he'll be back i'm pulling up the sutures i'm ready for the future i'm ready for the slings and arrows and the fortunes lost there's a voice that's buried deep inside my head as it stumbled out, it said, Hey, I got another chance. I was living like a zombie, head in a trance. Hey, 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 hey. And we're slow. Life is all you know, and then it flashed before my eyes. I've realized this is everything. the city drowning in pity like a 
boss goodbye was fading in the sky alone Until the day that shook me right down to the core And I pulled my body from the floor Hey, I got another chance I was living like a zombie head in a trance short uh, topic uh, maybe we can have that this as an intermission for wait but i thought uh, terry thomas 100 years yeah I, I was quite shocked by that i didn't realize he would have been that old what what surprised me is that he died in such poverty it's i, I hadn't realized um, just how you know yeah, he died what 1990 something yeah 1990 he was actually born in yeah, 1911, so he would be 102. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, well, I guess it was in the late 80s that, that he was on uh, the national news one evening. Uh, you know, he had Alzheimer's, I think, or Park, no, it was Parkinson's. Parkinson's, that's right. And he was shaking, Park, and, and, and they highlighted the fact that yeah, this national yeah. treasurer was uh, was now, uh, you know, on the bread line and, well, very ill. You know, it was really quite shocking, because even as a little boy, you know, I'd grown up with all his the comedies he'd been in and the film. I just assumed you'd be in some mansion somewhere, like Norman Wisdom or somebody. I realized that the article I read that it was a hundred years ago, that was two years ago. And I even saw he was born in 1911. How could I miss that? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Mikhail, you are a time traveler, remember? Yeah, or just a slightly <laughs> senile duffer. <laughs> no, no, just refer to it as your uh, difficulty in dealing with the linear concept of time that us humans have. Uh, say what? Uh, Terry Thomas, he was, was really an iconic actor. I mean, he was like Terry Thomas. I, I haven't seen many films with him, but every time I've seen him, he, he is like Terry Thomas. I, th I think that's the thing is, he played the same character every film, but he did it so, so marvelously. It's, you know. And I was going on about, oh, we missed his 100th anniversary. So. I mean, it's shocking that we didn't start this podcast two years earlier than we did. Uh, it's really embarrassing. 
Well, we'll just have to jump back a couple of years in time and start all over again. Or at least Mikko uh, before us. Uh, in our first episode, Yannick had <laughs> yeah. some uh, very nice discussion about that. He, I don't remember now, but he, uh, he said something about uh, he wasn't available three weeks ago, but four weeks ago. Something <laughs> was. <laughs> remember that. Yeah, and and he's uh, in Alaska now, I believe. He is. So shall we? I'm sure there's a joke in this. Maybe he's gone native and become more like a grizzly bear. Maybe he's decided to become inuitive. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's the best I could come up with. Oh, but the worst are the best. I think that was a compliment, so thank you. Yeah, it was absolutely horrendous. It's oh, like when dear. somebody writes or say, like in a chat or something, mm. groan, that means you have made some really bad joke. Yeah. So, uh, what, do you have any other topics lined up? Uh, there was this with the Federation. Oh, oh and the pump over, yeah. So how are you finding the new Identica? Well, I've used it, and... Um, uh, I mean, the main barrier to using it was that the clients were all a bit difficult. Well, I mean, they, 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 were, they were just a bit, al- everything's a bit alpha about it. And the yeah. biggest problem I have yeah. with it at the moment is that I can see people commenting, but I can't tell what they're commenting on. And very often, I only find out they're commenting in a post I've written by accident because uh, the email notifications only work sporadically. In fact, they only seem to reliably work. I comment on one of my own posts. Um, so, uh, frankly, it makes it next to impossible for me to have a decent conversation. Um, and, and, and I'm scratching my head wondering how anyone else is having a decent conversation. In fairness, this is something that always used to happen on StatusNet anyway. If you weren't um, attached to the same server somebody else was having a conversation on, then you wouldn't get anything else from that um, from that server. So, I mean, having having a federated server myself, both on Pump and, and StatusNet, um, if somebody from Identica as was commented on a thread that I was a part of, but I didn't subscribe to them, I wouldn't see their comment, even if it was my thread. Hmm, that's funny. So that, that does seem to work now, because I'm on a different server to all of you guys, I think. Uh, is anyone else in FragDev here? No, only, only, only Gavin is. But but we all have a conversation yeah, quite okay. Is. So is, is that an improvement since the early days of status at the end? I think it may also be that we, if we are subscribed to each other, then you do see it. Oh, it's I see. When, right. yeah. It's just when you're unsubscribed, right? Yeah. I see. Hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, I wonder if that's true. I mean, you certainly do see people having conversations with nobody. That does happen. Yeah. 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 Evan's the worst one, for, particularly on StatusNet. Um, he'll, he'll say, oh, no, I don't think that's true. And you look at it, there's no context. There's no um, rep- reply um, information. So you don't know who it's, who it's that he's talking to. You have to click through to the link to take you to his server when the complete thread is available. Okay, so I wonder if something similar is... I can't tell if that's going on with uh, uh, Pompeo Identica, because uh, I'm actually on Identica. I'm wondering if the, these comments I'm not getting notified on are coming from other servers. I'll need to check that out. And that would also explain why I always get notified of my own comments because that's guaranteed to be in the same server as me 
See, pump pump isn't isn't what I thought it was going to be. If I'm perfectly honest, I, I still feel more at home on status net than I do on pump. Yeah, I've, 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 I I keep on going back to I keep I keep on going back and looking at Identica, and I don't know. I, I think I think part of it's just me is that I prefer the 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 the, the sort of stream stream of conversation you get with um, uh, status net, but. I, I, every every time I, I go on the identical, I, I see posts and I see posts have comments, but I don't really see a lot of conversation going on either. So, yes, yes, I, and I would say that certainly I'm seeing more activity in uh, status.net for me than an identical uh, at the at the moment. It's just less to interact with an identical. Um, I don't I don't know why. It seems to be a bit more of people just posting links syndrome as well you know rather than conversations i think uh, which which is okay i don't mind people posting links but if that's all there is then well uh it's like reading an rss yeah. feed but yeah but, but, but that's that's the thing because I, I found that with I, I looked at diaspora a while ago and that that i found is just people post would post would posting links and I, I gave up on it quite quickly because yeah i I'm going on there to talk to people about stuff. I don't really want to scroll through a bunch of links. It's, it doesn't seem a lot of point to me. Posting links is like making show notes to your life. Oh, very profound. I think that's an episode title. I was going to vote for the one that somebody mentioned earlier on about cookies. Um, uh, corrupt cookie cock-up oh, or something. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think we have to go with McKeel's. Uh, some news just in. I asked NY Bill Nibble whether he minded if I called him Nibble, and I don't understand his reply. I don't know if anyone, anyone else is uh, looking at uh, what he's saying at the moment. His reply reads, Why I outta, spelled O-U-T-T-A, exclamation mark. Some people thought it was Nable as well. I can't tell whether he approves or not. What's that on? Uh, Status.net. Uh, oh, why I outta... Wave. Some people thought he was Nabil as well. Oh, Na- Nabil? Nabil? Yeah. So, That's I don't know what it means. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's three. We have three pronunciations now. Why I outer? What does uh, that mean? Is, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is it a typo? Maybe someone can say, "Can I call you Sally?" <laughs> yeah. The trouble is with Nibble is that B and P are awfully close. Uh, sounds aren't they so um, you might might sound a bit like nipple to some people maybe that's what he might object to it's like i, I when i read uh, in english and i i read a lot more of course than i hear or or speak <clears throat> and then there's like a word and i hear someone say it in a film or a tv show or something and i suddenly realized i have never heard i may have read the word first time 20 years ago, but I've never heard it said. And then it's, it's like, wow, does it sound like that? It's interesting or not. Andrew, I've just asked the question um, of whether M.Y. Bill would mind if you pronounced his nickname Nipple. I think I can guess the answer. <laughs> so Gavin didn't manage to come back. He's not responded to his email either, so... Uh... I think he is he's suffering from uh, connectivity problems, for which I believe you can get an ointment. Maybe he sat in one of those uh, mineral baths. Or a bath with his clothes on. A silicon bath. 
<laughs> Acid bar? No. I don't think there are any hot springs in Sweden. I don't know. I don't think there are any in Scandinavia. Well, except Iceland, of course. But do you have any in the UK? I think there are, because um, I know that there there would have been some in in Bath. But um, historically, I'm thinking were they hot? I mean, I've, I've been around the ba- I've been around Bath, and, and the well, the water is just very. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was hot. Maybe it was. I've I've tasted the water as well, and it's very sulfurous. Certainly, I don't remember it being talk of it being warm though. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Though I think it was, you know, quite some time ago, back back in the days when Bath was effectively a Roman bath. Aha, it was Roman. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to the Roman bath near my house, but it's it's long disused. So Bath, that was the place the English went to clean themselves. No, it's where the Romans went to clean themselves. The English didn't clean themselves at all at that time. Ah. In fact, the, Rome, the Romans cleaned themselves with the British. <laughs> yeah, I took my son round a Roman bath, the one that's near near me in the Antonine Wall, which runs across Scotland. And it's just well, it's just some ruins left at ground level. Um, but when he took photographs for a school project, he only photographed the signs that said latrine, you know, so that would take up the whole frame of the picture. It took him quite some time before I said, no, you've got to get some of the actual Roman stuff in it as well. So the Romans were that far up? Yes. Well, the Romans got as far north as I am, and then they thought, we don't want to go any further north, uh, really, so let's build another wall here, stop anyone coming further south, because they're all a bit mad and violent. Um, but it only la- it only lasted for a, a very short time. It was like uh, maybe a, a something like seventeen years. The Antonine Wall was um, after it was built. It was it was manned. And then they went, oh no, this is this, this, the weather's terrible here, and uh, they retreated back down to England. So was that the Hadrianus Wall? Yeah, the Hadrian's Wall was. Uh, ah, Hadrian's. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's right in the north of England. Yes, so that was the that was the big stone wall, the Antonine Wall, which is near me, run, running across central Scotland. That one uh, was more like an earthen wall with a stone base, um, and I don't think it was nearly as significant as the Hadrian's Wall. I never thought of it, but they did like, but on a much smaller scale, the same thing as the Chinese did. <laughs> they built a wall to protect themselves from, for uh, the wild people of the north. Right. I've just had another email from Gavin, and he's still not able to um, back on to mumble. So my recommendation would be is that we make this absolute hell for him to edit. What do you reckon? Actually, 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 bottom, you absolute shower. <laughs> yeah, because the other thing we could do is talk about him quite a lot. That was the do it the way the old farts do it. What carefully. <laughs> Ah, I've got I've got clarification from Nibble Nipple Nibble. He (laughs) said I ought to, meaning I ought to. That's what he meant. Uh, And then he says, "You guys just say it funny." I think that's primarily the Scots. 
Um, and I also saw, Dave, that you've asked <laughs> Nibble if I can call him Nipple. Yes. To which he responded, I'd have to draw the line there. Yeah, well, I told you that was the case. Love dog. Yes, I know, but it's, it's still nice you know, to hear it from the, uh, from the, the nipple's mouth. Oh, I, I completely forgot. I should have said this before we stopped recording the show in emails or something. Um, but I um, thought of a new segment for the show and of my own back, I recorded it. Um, I, I was thinking of calling it McNallu's armchair because I'm sat in an armchair in a castle in Scotland <laughs> uh, and recorded a little piece about being very comfortable uh, in my armchair. And I thought maybe I could go to various armchairs about the place of my travels and record little McNallu's armchairs. Um, do you think that might be a nice thing to include in future episodes? Yeah, I think so, that yeah. sounds like yeah. fun. And we could all yeah, have no. armchairs or, I don't know, with Lovebug it probably be hot tubs or something. I'm not that far south. Oh yeah, it's yourself, no, where, where I was thinking of Bath. Where I am, we sit on whippets. Sit on what? Whippets. Whippets, right. What? No, what did you think I said? <laughs> Do you sit on wits? On wits? Sit on your wits. Ah, that's possible. I thought you said wickets, is what I thought you said. But I was thinking, what, what, what do you call those little things you put over the top of a wicket? The, um, has it got a name? Um, oh, bales. The bale. Bales, yeah. yes. Because uh-huh. I was wondering, because it might be more comfortable if the bale was still on. I thought it said sitting on wits. I thought it was a kind of dog whisperer thing. Yeah, actually, whippets is, is weirder than what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what comes from living this far this far north of in in England. Everything's about whippets and flaps. You're talking about the dog or about something else? Well, I'd I'd love to know what other kind of whippets there are, but yes, I was talking about the dog. Yeah, that's the only one I oh, know. That's about. right, then. That's, that's good. That's good. Well, well, there is uh, the two word version: W H I P space I T. You know, whippet. Whippet, good. Uh, sit on whippets. I don't know. Could be some kind of gathering. <laughs> <laughs> well, like like the WI, you have the Women's Institute and the Sit on Whippets Institute. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this show is <laughs> fantastically unstructured. <laughs> does, does it? Well, it's because we don't. Does it not say that in the show us. notes? Show structure. It will. Do. Hey, do we have a structure? Yes, I can see writing the show notes might be a little difficult. Why do you think we're doing it the way we are? Because it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was because Gavin wasn't here and we're trying to make it difficult for him to edit. Well, yeah, he's, he's got his own job to do. Yeah, well, I've got my job to do. Yeah, you do now. <laughs> Actually, if there is a lack of content in the in the audio itself I, I suppose you can fill it out with the show notes well, how, how many armchairs have recorded uh, Andrew just in case we are short on content uh, just one uh, from Mingus Castle near Aberfeldy oh you already done one oh yeah the quality is not great it's just on my phone but uh, yeah well I just thought I thought you know sitting in an armchair in an old Scottish castle with a whiskey that's 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 pretty duffery isn't it uh, do you carry that armchair with you when you travel? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's for it's armchair. <laughs> yes, well, of course, I I employ four people to carry me around in my armchair. <laughs> do you have curtains on the side? Well, it depends what I'm doing, um, but so far I haven't needed them. Well, it sounds like um, 
good and uh, the this if it's not the best sound it just gives character to it if there's like echo to go with it i suppose there's a bit of echo because it's uh it's quite high ceiling place and some holes in the floor which i think were former toilets so there's echoes both from above and below although that doesn't come out of the recording unfortunately Is we have an email account and is some anyone checking that one? I checked it the other day. Um, okay. Only thing that I can say is that we are getting flatter clicks, uh, which is incredibly good news. I've actually done two flatter clicks just as a way of donating money, so I only made one Baiting click one month. I, I didn't look at the specifics. Oh, well, I know. can't actually log into the account. Uh, so it was just a way to transfer some financial support. Well, of course. I mean, having set the example, I think it's something that everybody should do, not just the us, but our listener. Well, I presume it's one. Uh, as well, should also do the same. Yeah, we got like two new listeners today. Well, well today for the epi- first two episodes. So. And if we get sufficient donations, then I can afford to buy myself de- decent 
paper handkerchiefs to blow my nose, and then the sound quality will be better. So you don't have the economic resources to blow your nose now? <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> I heard the weirdest uh, thing on the radio the other day, and uh, I think it was in BBC Radio 4. I pay my licence fee. i got no choice. Um, and it was about a marketing person who was talking about focus groups and why do you need focus groups? And she justified, says, well, if you're talking to the executives at Cadbury's and you're trying to explain to them that a gorilla playing the drums to a Phil Collins track is the best way to sell their chocolate, how on earth are they going to believe you? And I'm thinking, (laughs) I was thinking, is that what focus groups give us? <laughs> well, if yeah, there's somebody's having a great laugh there. <laughs> Does make you wonder what the uh, advertising agency were thinking about? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a good job if I could get, if I could come up with like crazy ideas. Okay, <laughs> no, I, I can come up with crazy ideas. I can do that, but and then find focus groups to endorse my crazy ideas. I mean, that just sounds like heaven to me if I could get away with that. Isn't that what public access television's for? Oh, do we have any kind of public access television in the UK? No. <laughs> you see why I'm so frustrated? <laughs> That's why we've got, like, gorilla drum-playing chocolate adverts. <laughs> so we need to put together some kind of public access duffer vision, is what you're saying. Indeed, yes. Uh-huh. So um, our crazy ideas can, see, can uh, see the light of day and then shrivel up as they ought to. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a good thing. <laughs> no, okay, let's scratch that. Let's just leave it to the BBC and double the license fee. <laughs> the link is going to go in the show notes. Yes, uh-huh. I'm describing exactly the advert for chocolate was a gorilla playing the drums to some Phil Collins Genesis track. I can't remember in which. In the air tonight, yeah. Air tonight, thank you very it much. Was, it was a Phil Collins one. It's a brilliant, brilliant song, but having a gorilla play the drums to it is... Uh, is uh, it, oh, it's mad. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, some advertising are so you know, kind of not artsy fartsy, but it looks like they're trying to be like make a statement rather than sell something. Yeah, very it's... pretentious. And it's like, huh? Yeah, what's the, the famous advert is the, the one with Leonard Rossiter and jo- Joan Collins where they were advertising. Cinzano. Cinzano. But everyone remembers it yeah. as being Martini. <laughs> the brand's main competitor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That was brilliant, though, just Leonard Rossiter being Leonard Rossiter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to have, to have someone like Joan Collins as your, as your acting partner, is uh, that, would, that would have been amazing for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, we said Terry Thomas. Leonard Rossiter would be... You know, up there with uh, with with Terry Thomas in my estimations, is, uh, and uh, uh, Reggie Perrin alone, uh, the, the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin. I do love that show, but also uh, the other bizarre thing is when I watch two thousand and one, and then there's the bit where Leonard Rossiter's in two thousand and one. It's just why is Reggie Perrin in two thousand and one? I don't understand it. See, I never really got into Reggie Perrin. I mean, for me, Leonard Rossiter always will be Rigsby. I'm funny the other way around because I think I saw Reggie Perrin first, and then somebody said, "Oh, you got to see Rising Damp. If you liked uh, Reggie Perrin, you'd love Rising Damp." And I was like, 
oh, Richie Perrin is, 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 is a, he's, he's, he's gone all horrible and, <laughs> and lives in a bed set. He lived in the suburbs. What he's going down in the world. I just remembered something. Um, Francis Delatour, who was the, uh, the, the, the woman in Rising Band, Miss Jones, that was it. She appeared in a, um, a TV series that's just been on, the name of which escapes me, but it starred Derek Jacobi and, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Oh. oh, I know the one you mean. Also forgotten its name. Vicious was the name of the series. Um, and it was about a, a, a gay couple um, living together in a house. But Francis Delatour played um, the the woman next door, who was he was she was basically supposed to be some kind of cougar, um, but she was about as effective in this series of playing that kind of character as she was in Rising Damp, and is very cringeworthy but amazingly hilarious at the same time. Is it? It's not Ian McKellen, was it? Maybe. Uh, in truth, I never watched it. Although I didn't think I would like to watch it, but I was too busy watching YouTube. The thing that I found it so found so funny about that particular series is that Derek Jacobi and if it was Ian McKellen, then him were playing a gay couple. But the the the, the funny thing about it is they were actually sending up um, a, a gay couple, but the two of them as actors were also gay. And it just made it that little bit more authentic, knowing that these two gay actors were also playing a gay couple, but sending it up at the same time. Yes. Very stereotypical. Yes, indeed. And you're right, it was uh, <laughs> it was Sirs Ian McKellen Sir and Ian McKellen. Derek Jacobi. Yes, They're both sorry, Sirs. Yes. They're Sirs. I have to say, Derek Jacobi is a super back. So, so is Ian McKellen, but Derek, uh, I, I tell you that... Um, I've already mentioned Doctor Who, but when Derek Jacobi briefly played the Master, I thought he was excellent, and I was very sad that he immediately regenerated. When was that? Uh, right at the end of one of the series of David Tennant. He, uh, he he played the Master, but he'd forgotten he was the Master. And then when he found out he was the Master, he got shot. And then... Was was he like the captain of a submarine or something? No. Or yeah, a professor. professor? Yes, he was a professor. Right. Yeah. Because then he regenerated into John Sim, didn't he? He did, yes. And John Sim was very good, yeah. but I preferred Derek Jacobi to the master. Yeah, I remember my, my dad told me that in the 60s, must have been, I guess, early 60s or mid-60s, before Derek Jacobi was famous, he went to see a play, and I think he, I think it was it was, it was was some Shakespeare play, I forget. But anyway, one of the famous Shakespeare plays, and it had... John Gielgud or Laurence Olivier, again, I can't remember which, but somebody of that stature playing the lead role, but they were ill, so their unknown understudy, Derek Jacobi, came on, and my dad said it was absolutely superb. It was clear that this young actor who nobody had heard of was brilliant, and he, in fact, got better reviews than the person he was understudying for. <laughs> Take that. Oh, it reminds me, I read that... Um the Pink Panther f- movies. The first film was uh, supposed to be actually David Niven was the star, and uh, Peter Clouseau was just a yes, I, sidekick yeah, or something. But he kind of took over the whole f- show. Or... Yeah, that's the funny thing because when you watch that first Pink Panther film, you think, "Inspector mm, Clouseau was not in it as much as you'd expect if you've seen any of the later ones first. Um, but then the next one that was made was Shot in the Dark, which was not long afterwards. And then 
beta sellers with centre stages and spectacles and that's my favourite one of the lot of them and then there was a big gap of about 10 years wasn't there before before they I don't know why they, they were all running out of money through for some reason because <laughs> Blake Edwards and Peter Sellers hated each other apparently they didn't really like get on with each other but they came back together in the search for more cash uh, the I love the Clouseau films his uh, boss the police chief he gets like more and more crazy for each movie or something <laughs> and uh, one of the movies he's become like you know evil the great evil criminal like in a James Bond movie or something yeah Inspector Dreyfus played by Herbert Lohm who only died last year I think oh he was in Lady Killers too him and Peter Sellers and Alec Guinness yeah, I think Herbert Long was a very good actor, although he didn't get, he didn't see him in that many roles. Actually, one of Mikhail's statements from uh, the previous episode got quite a lot of likes in Identica today or yesterday, whenever it was. Uh, it was the one about thinking, although I've also forgotten what that was. Something about, uh, something about uh, I'm not stupid, I just have trouble thinking or something like that. What was it? Uh -huh. Did anyone mention that? Yeah, I'm not sure who invented that expression, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm not stupid. I just have bad luck. That was the one, yes. Yeah, I think Andy C. or David Marston quoted that identical and lots of people liked it. Uh, you haven't heard that expression, no? Maybe this is a Swedish expression. No, I don't think I've come across it before. I've only oh, heard humor. it in Swedish, it so Swedish? I did a translation, but uh, well, maybe I have to check out the source. Jag är inte dum, jag har bara otur när jag tänker. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yep. Well, that's the perfect way to end this show. In fact, that I think should be the um, the, the the title for this show. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> a good one. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> actually. Dot dot. Because the other thing we could do to Gavin is make it very unclear where the end of the show should be by repeatedly saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I never read it, but I heard that Finnegan's Wake actually ends where it starts or something. So you're back where the book starts by the James Joyce. I'm not. I don't know. Hey, Maybe. you've given a beginning away. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to this uh, episode two of Duffercast. <laughs> oh, I thought of something actually because it's it's. Uh, Episode one, uh, the first episode is zero, and then it's one. So it, it's yeah. it's it's kind of binary in a way. But then, if you exp the third episode, you have to go to the next step in binary. And I thought, what is yeah, what's welcome, that called? Yeah, welcome to episode ten. <laughs> yeah, but now because in, in in decimal system you have like I don't know what it's called ones and tens and hundreds yeah. and thousands for its position. But I wonder if those positions in binary have names, but I don't yeah, suppose I they don't. It's like the ones, the twos, the yeah. fours, the yeah. eights. Ones, twos, fours, eights. Yeah. This episode will be the first on the twos. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the first of the twos. <laughs> I don't think going around saying this episode was a number two is really going to help our uh, image at all. I don't think anything will help our image after this. <laughs> It's <laughs> the third episode two. So, Mikael, as you do it so well, do you want to uh, let everybody know where, where the website is? Uh, 
Uh, yes, actually, uh, Bork Bork, uh, our website is at www. That's actually six U's. Okay, www.buffercost.org, where you can find uh, show notes, hopefully, and episodes. You can subscribe and you can find our contact details. Uh, both as a crew and uh, individually. And you can come the flutter buttons. I'll click on the flutter buttons and you can also write comments to the episodes. Uh, have I... Is that all? I think that's it. I think that, that'll do, yeah. I don't think it actually matters. I mean, how did anybody listen to this thing anyway? Yeah, and if they had started listening to us, they'd probably have been to the website, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, you would have thought so. Because even, even if they haven't gone to the website itself to obtain this particular episode, they've subscribed to it in some way, shape, or form, so they would have had to have gone to it in the past. So you just tricked me into this long uh, description of our website. <clears throat> no, 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 it, it's the done thing. Mm-hmm. You've you done the done thing. I, I've done the done thing. <laughs> yes. No, done, done thing, not dumb thing. I'm dumb. Isn't that some kind of ammunition? Dum-dum bullets. Can you say that in English? Dum-dum. Dum-dum want to come come. Yes, dum-dum. Yeah, dum-dum bullets are the, 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 my least favourite type of bullet to be shot by. <laughs> have you tried them? I have been shot, yes. Uh, not by a dum-dum bullet, I'm glad to say, but I've been shot, uh, I think, twice in my life what? I've been shot. Really? Uh, yeah, with airgun pellets. Airgun pellets, yeah. Well, I think you should save one for the beginning of next show. Um, this could be the what McNalu got up to in his formative years. Because we've had the the hairdresser thing. We've we've, we've got the uh, the admission of you um, talking at your mobile phone while sitting in a, in an armchair in Scottish castles. And the next one will be um, how I got shot in the arse with a lead pellet. Arse? <laughs> you said it was my arse, but I'm not, it might have been. I'll only say that it involved a frozen lock and uh, a pellet. Well, that's a cliffhanger. <laughs> or, or else we call the episode Andrew's Group Therapy. <laughs> I thought that's what the different cast was. <laughs> so just, just, just to clarify, you're all here because your psychiatrist told you to come, yeah? Yes, I'm a certified psychopath. That's correct. <laughs> well, how do you get certified? Um, if I tell you, I must deal you. Well, actually, I read about the, the Swedish psychopath murderer who was cleared in all counts of uh, his terrible psychopathic murdering just today. Wasn't that was in Sweden, wasn't it? Yeah, he's been cleared the past few years f- from... Uh, there was actually a journalist on, uh, like, uh, how do you say, investi- investigative... Abba, a journalism on the public television who worked a lot and thought there was something fishy and he wrote a book and made TV shows about how uh, the investigation had gone was like had big holes in it and they like confronted the accused or oh, accused he had was already convicted but when they confronted him with like different situations and it 
this journalist kind of proved that uh, they led him on because they have filmed these patients or not confrontations but the reconstructions of what he had supposed to killed i think it was eight or ten people and uh, that journalist he wrote a book uh, and actually that was he he died of cancer this journalist so there was this book came out just after he died it was last year i think and it's kind of a really big scandal because uh, yeah i remember i wrote it about it on my blog but maybe i wrote it in swedish so but it's a big scandal yes that sounds pretty terrible um well, it's a strange note to end the show on there, but uh, I think I better go now. Before you do it, it's quite interesting, actually, because I work in Nottingham, and the Nottingham Council's had a lot of mixed reviews about the increased number of um, psychopaths in uh, in the city centre. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, that's an even stranger way to end the show. Yeah, well, Gavin's certainly going to have his work. <laughs> Bless him. I better go to my <laughs> yes. you gentlemen. Uh, a very good, good night. Oh, yes. Good, good night. night. <laughs> good night, everybody. Dave, just a thought. Did 
the, the very first part of the recording that you that's been scrapped, hasn't it? I uh, know it, it it has got it. It was all oh, right. So we don't need to talk about all that stuff again. So, well, no, what I'll do is is when I when I encode the five files I've got, um, it'll actually be ten. So as as it stands at the moment, Gavin's got his work cut out for him quite phenomenally. Poor old Gavin. Uh, but he can edit this bit out because it's also going to be quite self-referential. Us talking about the editing process. Well, I think this this is where we're missing a trick because I think if we had a, a little outtakes. Uh, section at the end, like other maybe slightly less quality podcasts do. Um, not thinking of any in particular. Um, I, I think that things like this, that are like the the bits that we're intending to cut out, suddenly appear at the end, and we think, "Oh no, how embarrassing!" I think they'd be great um, uh, outtakes. Yeah, and also the other thing I was thinking is that we could have um, commentary on the editing process. So Gavin, I'm volunteering him for this cause he's not here, but he can talk <laughs> us through the editing <laughs> process. Um, of course, which he's then got to go and edit again. And we just keep that going on a number of times. And then we've got this like infinite show. It's going back to the whole recursive thing, which I think's cropped up quite a few times as recursion often does. <laughs> so we would also have like, West have the like editors commentary as a separate audio track. So that as you're listening to it, you can switch the show to the left ear and then have Gavin um, and his comments and his um, uh, ejections, if you like, in, in your right ear. That'd be really quite cool. It would be, yes. Yes, also. Come on. Come on, Gavin. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> These things we arrange yeah, for you when you're not He emailed here. me, just me. I've deleted the email saying that was fine by him. Oh, fair enough. Oh, that, right, that's, that's fine. fine. Brilliant. That, that's that's good news. Yeah, thanks for that. Oh, he has. He keeps us in order, which is obviously why things are going so pear-shaped without him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now he has a vacation this week, so uh, in a few days uh, he he should get busy with the editing. Well, I'm also hoping that by the next show, so when episode three gets recorded, um, episode two would have been out for more than 24 hours. Um, but hopefully we'll, we'll have all six of us as well, which will uh, be good. <laughs>